how do we get Joe Exotics, music video director, on the podcast? everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and with me is Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp. How's it going, everybody? What up? It's good. Holla. Holla. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you are still recording in your garage, but you've made quite the upgrade. Listen, you guys made fun of me last time for standing up the whole time. Yeah, now you have a clean the, desk. My freezer was my mic stand. Yeah, yeah. I I actually this table I built this table really on Saturday or yeah Saturday. Wow. It's our old tabletop from our and then I just had a bunch of pieces of shelf and uh, what is it called changing table and I built it with nails and screws and sweat. Wow. And I busted my thumb with a hammer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it looks but it's great. A great though. table. It, it really, yeah. really looks great. Um, Kyler, how have you been spending your quarantine since Kyle's been building tables? Like Ron. Oh, and all this oh, shelf well, behind me. I yesterday, I feel like I did something important, but I probably didn't. Um, Disney Plus has uploaded a bunch of new stuff, so that's what I've been doing. Did that's you, what I did this weekend. Did you watch Onward? No, I haven't watched it yet. What did you watch? I was watching throwback stuff like Sunny with the Chance and because that's Demi Lovato's show. Oh, okay. And that was like Wait. my my era. Oh, but, when you first said that, I was thinking uh, it's always sunny, always sunny in, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia. <laughs> and I was like Demi Lovato's. N- yeah, <laughs> she's in that. It's taking a weird turn. She got sunny her start. With the Chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sunny with a chance. I watched onward. Everybody's British. Sunny with a chance. Falls. That's a really good movie, though. Is that? I mean, that's not the same thing. I'm no. Cloudy with a no. chance of meatballs. Oh, cloudy. Oh, with a cloudy. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So Sunny with a chance with Demi Lovato. That oh. shows horrible. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's really not good. Wow. And that's that's the best part. Like going back and watching like Hannah Montana, all their shows that I watched when I was younger. Slash whatever. Um, Hannah Montana so poorly was a written. And yeah, but it's still it's this this the script's not it's not there. Well, there's a <laughs> like specific even the type interaction, of, but yeah, there's a specific specific type of show Disney produced back in the early 2000s. Um, they all fit the same formula, but hey, I mean, obviously they work. People are still watching them today, right? Kim Possible. Yeah, I am. Uh, Kim Possible. Yeah. We, we've, uh, Even Stevens. Yeah, we've slowly been going back through the Even Stevens. Um, the only thing I don't like is they're not in order. Have you noticed that? No. Like, I don't know about like the shows you've been watching, but they like they show them out of order. They're not sequenced correctly. I'm not sure what that's all about. I I oh, tried to watch the first uh, season of Even Stevens, but I didn't notice that. Well, the first season. But I also fell no? asleep. Oh, oh, well, that's good. Good for you. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad we're all spending our quarantine in a, in a productive manner, in a positive manner. Now, Kyle, you have been, not only have you been building tables and shelves, uh, you mentioned you were going to start this last week uh, on, on, our episode, on our podcast, but tell us what you've done with uh, Jasper. Yeah, my son started a podcast. And what's it called? Good Morning Kids. It is a podcast for kids by By kids. kids. Yeah. (laughs) Already know the slogan. (laughs) He would like for you to subscribe. Subscribe. Your second episode (laughs) actually came out uh, on Monday, on today, the day of this recording, right? Yes, 6 a.m. this morning. Wow, 6 a.m. You're ahead of the crazy. I wasn't up. I wasn't up putting it on there. That's just when I scheduled it. Yeah, you scheduled it. Well, so so what have you learned? You're two episodes in. Uh, What have you learned in producing a podcast with your child? Okay, so the first episode, we just shared a mic. Um, He sat in my lap, and we just shared the mic. (laughs) Yeah. And the audio quality was actually a lot better yeah. because since I only have this one XLR cable, um, we, the second episode, we, um, had two different mics, but I recorded one into GarageBand on my iPad and one into my computer. Cause I don't have another XLR mm-hmm. and one of my mics is a USB mic. And so I couldn't do it both into, mm-hmm. and the, we did it in my kitchen on the second one and the audio quality. I was, I was disappointed. Really? And so, for all you GMK listeners, sorry about the audio quality on the second one, but, uh, you know, he doesn't care. He thinks it's so fun. He enjoys it. Um, there's a lot of redirecting as far as, hey, you have to, your mu- mouth has to be pointing at the microphone. Um, <laughs> and so, mo- that's main, That's most of the editing is, hey, say that again, but your mouth has to be pointing at, yeah. the, at the, and so I just... Uh, we we had to actually have some original music on this episode. Oh really? We rec- oh. we recorded we recorded a song, awesome, and played it. And so um, it's a because we've been learning the oceans. Um, we've been doing school every day outside of this podcast, and so we've been doing pre K in our playroom. Yeah, and uh, so our ocean song made the uh, it made the podcast. Wow, I'm sure Hillsong will love yes. their rendition of Oceans. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, this one's way better and way shorter. <laughs> yeah, way shorter. Good. <laughs> Thirty uh, seconds. <laughs> uh, well, that is cool, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the second episode. The first episode was amazing; like it, it truly yeah. was. So, it it got more. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because Jasper's amazing, but and my wife has the infrastructure network of a billion moms, mm-hmm. and so. I started feeling kind of the pressure whenever, like that first day, and like we were getting lots of texts. Not that like it's not viral or anything; it's like two hundred yeah. listens. But I was like, "Wow, uh, we're gonna have to uh, step up our game," you know? Yeah, that's good. And hey, just for uh, just so you know, we don't we hardly get two hundred listens on an episode of this show. So wow. we've been doing it for Call seven years. Out. So you guys, this is what we need. We just need Libby. To be our manager, yeah. because hey, tell her to go for it. Yeah, so we can't pay her, but uh, you know, well, wait, we're not getting paid for this. Oh, I'd, you just oh, that's another thing. Um, you're getting paid. This uh, no, this second <laughs> yeah, episode. Are you, are you getting sponsors? This, oh, you did sec- have a sponsor. No, we had a sponsor. We had Groovy Juice. That was Jasper yeah. made up the sponsor. But we have 
Anchor is our oh, sponsor yeah. for the second episode, a real sponsor. He read the yeah. ad and everything. Did he really? And so, well, yeah, I mean, I just, he, he copied me saying it. And, but, um, so we, we were looking at making $15 off this second episode. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, wow. We were talking off air. Anchor, like if, if you're in the space of wanting to start a podcast, but don't really think you want to invest in much, uh, Anchor's the way to go, isn't it, Kyle? Yeah, I think, I mean, I hadn't used it. I downloaded Anchor five years ago mm -hmm. whenever it first came out and it was talking about like micro podcasting, yeah, you know, yeah. like you were only allowed two minutes and you just held your phone up to your ear and you just talked. And I, I did a few music Mondays or whatever. And uh, I was like, well, this is cool, but no one seems to get on it. But Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk was yeah. like, Anchor is going to be the next big thing. And um, I don't know if it turned into the next big thing, but it definitely became a successful business. Yeah. And well, Spotify, Spotify bought them for owns it three hundred million dollars. Yeah. So, hey. and so, it's. I mean, it's the simplicity of getting a podcast started and the distribution. Yeah. Without them, you don't have to pay. I mean, yep. that's because if I were to without that, I would have to try to figure out. Okay, do I need to buy a website so I can upload my my file? Like I would have just gone the Squarespace route. Yeah. If if we had not had that, and that's just cost money. So yeah, I mean, they give you a. I mean, it's it's really amazing. It's totally free. You get a uh, not a website, but you get a web link that that houses all your episodes. They do all your distribution. They'll distribute to pretty much every podcast channel there is. Um, and uh, also, it is kind of a site, though. I mean, you can go there and yeah, listen to I the mean, episodes, and you can you can upload. Like, there's an option for people to leave voicemails through the website and yeah. stuff like that. that we got a couple of show. those for yeah. episode two. Awesome. And uh, wow. so it is super cool. So if you're interested at all in just saying, you know, maybe I want to try this thing, um, we could all recommend Anchor. That's any side podcast I've done outside of the Create Initiative has been done on Anchor. So, um, man, I wish we were getting paid for this I Anchor know. sponsorship. I know. Um, but that's the other thing is now they do uh, sponsorships. Supposedly, if you get enough listens, they'll match you with, with uh, people who are advertisers. Um, of course, right now, I've heard that the advertising dollar is uh, running away quickly, um, but hey, you know whatever. What do you mean? Oh, oh the ad revenues, ad, ad revenues like on websites and like Facebook and all that stuff—they've gone way down because people are because of the the economic downturn with this pandemic. People are not advertising as much, and they're not as eager to advertise. So if you'll notice, like the the places that are advertising the most right now are places that they've already got a. A giant infrastructure of capital to be able to yeah. to kind of withstand all this. Car companies, uh, Apple, Google, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Can I say something about this? Because I've been seeing. I think I don't know if this is intentional by this local place during this tumultuous time, but there has been on Channel Four a lot of the same commercial for this funeral home, and. <laughs> That's I had terrible, never seen man. it before. I had never seen it before. <laughs> oh, no. All this is going on, and I don't know if they're just like, "Hey, now's our chance." Well, I'm um, sure uh, it's got to be strategic, right? I don't know. He, so my dad was a funeral director for, you know, ten years, and that was what he he went back and forth from teaching to funeral directing. He's like, "Those are the two things you know that'll never go out of business." Yeah. And so, um, I guess oh, yeah. No. When when times are times are tough, I guess the funeral directors are. Nothing to worry about there. 
Yeah, and I mean, I haven't. I don't know the commercial that that you're mentioning, but it, you know, even funeral is, homes uh, are having to get. They're having to get. Uh, they have to figure this out too, because right now you can't really have a funeral the way we're used to. Um, you know, even the way that they're they're dealing with bodies and stuff like that, it's different now than it was just four weeks ago. So, uh, they're having to yeah, kind of be uh, reestablish some of what they do too. Well, and here's the thing: they don't do they okay. <laughs> funeral homes are great at the the dead people stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I try to tell my dad this. I was like, if you could start a funeral home that would nail the production side of things, yeah, like you would be the best in any city that you were in. Yep. Because even I mean, I went to I'm not going to name the place, but I went to a funeral a few weeks ago. That's like the biggest funeral home in the metro, and you know, real nice inside of there and everything. But the when it came to the slideshow, when it came to the audio, when it came to the microphone, everything was horrible. Yep. And um, we're talking about like seeing the cursor on the screen of the slideshow the whole time. Um, no. Just everything is terrible. And so they really, they need, uh, one, they need to be told about ProPresenter. Um, and I don't know, that would that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Why why haven't but, they been told about pro presenter? I don't know, but if you guys saw this commercial, these guys, I don't that I, they don't seem like the type that talk to many people. Um, well, they're with dead. It was a, it was like <laughs> they, they were both dead. like they're not they're, talking. They're both like standing <laughs> there like with their hey, guys. Dead people moan and groan uh, and move. That, why no, are we talking about no this? no. It's true. No, they, the, it is true. It they is definitely true. won't. I've been in. I've Do been. They really? In, I've been in the van. I've been <laughs> in the van. No. Until until yeah, there's lots of noises going on. Well, because there's still I everything was... inside the body that has to settle. Why we don't need to be talking about everything this. except for the soul. Yeah, because the soul oh. is. Speaking of Jesus. soul, new Pixar movie. Brings yeah. me back to I did watch Onward. I'm so okay, yeah. excited we, we for that one. We watched it this weekend okay. too. What do you think of Onward? I loved it. I well, I was crying the whole time, pretty much. It, it brings a tear for sure, for sure. It's the uh, that's but, why uh, I didn't watch it. No, you need to watch it. I, it. It's it's good. It's it's a easy movie to follow. You know, it just kind of moves straight ahead. Not a whole lot of side stories. Yeah. Um. So, but I we really enjoyed it. We watched it this weekend. So. I was excited because Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are the two leads. And why would you be excited about that? Because they're both really good actors. And I've only seen them act in um, not animated films. Yeah. But Marvel so, movies? Yeah. <laughs> well, And Jurassic Park and whatever else yeah. I've seen them in. Uh, yeah. Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I've been binging what, Chris Parks Pratt and Rec. Chris Pratt owes his whole career to. And that's my favorite Chris Pratt. Like Andy far was and away. such a hot mess. Yeah, Andy Dwyer is my favorite Chris Pratt. Um, oh yeah, he's, he's the greatest. <laughs> but, you know, we've we we better get uh, to our guest. We do have a guest on today's episode, and our guest today is Reagan Elkins. He's the founder of Intelligo Media, a film and digital media company based in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And uh, we had a very fun, very interesting conversation. It went really all around the world um we just talked about a lot of different things so uh, i do want to mention this was recorded well before the pandemic so that's why we don't mention it and it seems like life is normal and uh that would be why is because life was normal when we recorded this so 
Let's just get right to it. Here is our interview with Reagan. Reagan, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Creation Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we're excited. We're glad that you're here. Um, could you just kind of get it started by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, Dad was preaching all over the state of Oklahoma, so we moved around quite a bit. And I was one of three brothers in the middle the troublemaker. Okay. So no, <laughs> no, my older brother's a troublemaker. So, uh, but no, I got into filmmaking, um, probably when I was 10 or 12 on my dad's eight millimeter camcorder. Oh wow. Just making stupid videos with my brothers, you know? Yeah. You know, Noah's jumping around, my younger brother's jumping around doing stupid stuff with the sword or whatever. And, and uh, I'm just filming. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, but, uh, moved on to digital cameras then moved on to, uh, you know, doing music videos with Star Wars action figures and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And so, but I figured when I was, let me see, how old was I? When I was 18, 17, 18, the first national bank and trust company put out this um, competition and it was make a, uh, make a video about saving money. And so your boy, hopped on there and tried to make a video about saving money. Well, we ended up doing a rap video. Okay. And uh, that thing won the regional competition, and then it won the national competition, won some money, got sent to Washington, D.C. And uh, after that, I was like, I wonder if I could do this. Yeah. You started <laughs> thinking maybe you could do it right. as a life. As a profession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but I kind of fought that a little bit. I've always been interested in engineering as well. Mm-hmm. And so I um, started school as a mechanical engineer, you okay. know, trying to become a mechanical engineer. And uh, then about a couple years into it, my now wife, Madison, goes, why are, you, uh, why are you doing engineering if you like video? And uh, I said, well, I thought for a second, I was like, well, because of the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because engineers make a lot of money. At that point, I was I realized what my intent was, you know. So I swapped over to film school, uh, OCCC. Found out that uh, Gray Fredrickson was one of the instructors there. He's the producer of The Godfather, mm-hmm. and uh, Greg Malott, very popular um, documentary filmmaker, was there. And so I decided to just hop into filmmaking. You know, didn't think I'd be making any money. You know, I'd have yeah. to get a different job and all that stuff. And but it ended up working out. Well, that's so, awesome. And, and and we're gonna talk talk about that working out but yeah. um so what was it like going to uh film school especially with people who who have a long career uh in the industry um what 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 kind of experience was that for you it was really cool um to meet someone like gray Fredrickson was really cool yeah. um got a picture with him of course <laughs> but no i just mainly what i gleaned from from his classes was the stories um, he had uh, so many stories of working with so many popular people and it was very inspiring. Yeah. You know, cause it really is about the journey, um, but the experiences and all that stuff. And, and so it was very, uh, enlightening. It was fun. I got to learn a lot of, uh, you know, production design, cinematography and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Film school was awesome. And, uh, the, the biggest thing about film school though, cause a lot of people are like, well, you can learn it all on YouTube and you yeah. can, yeah. you really can learn it all on YouTube. The biggest thing I got from film school was the connections. Yeah. And so, the people that I met there, I work with today. 
Okay. I still work with today. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when I first started the, my company, um, I had a business partner and that business partner I met at film school. Okay. At ULCCC. Cool. So it just kind of worked out. Yeah. So. And so that was, I mean, that's kind of the quantifiable, like this was the benefit of, right. of going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, again, you can learn most yeah. of it online. It's hard to weed through some of the junk sometimes. Uh, Cause you know, sometimes you get, 18 year olds trying to tell you about yeah. <laughs> making films and they've just started and all that stuff. But, but yeah, you can learn a lot online, but again, networking wise, it's, it's great. Yeah. So. I, I can understand. And you have access to equipment and Absolutely. things like that, that you, yeah. you generally don't have starting up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can be in it for years and still not have access to that equipment. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I remember a lot of times I would use my, uh, target T3i, Canon T3i. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and which works out. If you know how to use a camera, you can make it work out. So, yeah. but uh, you know, you get to play with the red cameras and all yeah. the fancy expensive stuff. It's awesome. So, yeah. See, I'm, I'm so old. I didn't, I didn't go to film school. I went to broadcast, uh, journalism. Oh, that's, cool. that's what I went into. But, um, yeah, we were still running everything on tape and oh, my, man. my first video editing class was still tape to tape. Love it. So it was, uh, you know, it's a great bit of trivia now, but it's right. a bit, you know, it's, we've come a long way. Absolutely. <laughs> Reds weren't even a thing. Uh-uh. You know? <laughs> um, well, so, so you go to school and, and you kind of just, what, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this full time. Uh, I'm going to do it independently. You started your own right. production company and, right. um, kind of what, what triggered that for you? So, well, it was kind of a, a fluke <laughs> randomly, you know, I'm, I'm in film school and I had no clue what I was going to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then one day I got a call from a company called heart trailers and they're a local chick company where I'm from. And, uh, they said, Hey, we need a video. Um, and we'd like to try you out. And my gosh, I was so nervous. <laughs> I had a camera out there and trying to get all the stuff that they wanted and doing some interviews and my first corporate video of all time. Yeah. And when I, when I showed the owner the video, I was just sweating. Yeah. You know, I was like, please God, let this be good. <laughs> but she ended up loving it. And since then we have kicked off an awesome relationship and been able to travel the, the country with heart trailers and do videos wow. with them. And so it's been pretty cool. Did you like at that time, had you ever even inspected like thrown out a bid? Have you ever done nope. any of that kind of stuff? Not at all. Never done just any shooting of in the that. dark. This was shooting in the dark. <laughs> well, how much do I charge? Oh gosh. Uh, I have no clue. Google, how much do you charge for video? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. This, I had done nothing. And so that was really my first, uh, first shot. Yeah. And since, you know, after that it was, you know, different companies, first national bank and trust, Stanley systems, you know, uh, started hitting me up and then just all kinds of different corporate gigs moving on into music videos, uh, which are crazy. Yeah. Um, we got to do a music video for the band called hinder early on, um, which is a rock band and a lot of their music videos are, you know, they had done stuff a long time ago. And, uh, but, um, band called the odds and the imaginaries and all kinds of bands that have, have that have reached out since, but it's been fun. Yeah, it's been absolutely fun. Well, that's cool. And I, and I want to kind of talk about, you know, the music video space because um, it, it's kind of a unique space and, and it, it totally fits inside the church world in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but there are a lot of ways that it might be different. What are, what are some things that, that maybe you've learned or picked up on working um, on music videos for, for clients, you know, right. for other people and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So music videos are interesting. Um, it's kind of like writing a paper. Sometimes 
um, longer papers are easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you have to condense a story down into three or four minutes and you have to make the story good. Um, and a good story is kind of like an orchestra it has a rise and a fall and it keeps people emotionally engaged. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted with my corporate videos and my music videos was to tell a story. Um, stories are how we communicate. The Bible is full of stories. That is how we communicate with each other and how we have an emotional impact on someone is through stories. And so, uh, I really wanted my music videos to have some sort of story behind it. There's so many just garbage music videos out there that are just random and wild. Um, So it was pretty difficult. It was definitely a learning curve. One of my first music videos, or a few of my first music videos, it was, I can look back and I'm just embarrassed. (laughs) And that's kind of what it's about, though. You you learn from your mistakes um, and you grow from them. And so um, that's one thing, is trying to, pack a story into yeah. three or four minutes. The other thing is composition, color, all that stuff that can affect us mentally that we don't really think about. Like on Harry Potter, when the bad guy walks in the room and the camera turns at an angle, mm-hmm. didn't even say, I'm the bad guy. It's just, you know, yeah, you by know. the camera, yeah. you know, the color changes a little bit to more of a blue and you get this more ugh, kind of feeling, you know, it's all about color and composition. So you utilize those things um, to help tell your story as well without even saying a word. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff like that that I've had to learn along the way. So, yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. And um, typically for those things, um, I mean, do they come to you with, with this is, this is our budget, this is what we can, can you do it for this, this is what right. we want to do? Or is it a, you know, we want you and you spec it, or how right. does that usually work? Uh, I've had both. Okay. So, um, one way that people or clients will come to me and say, hey, here's our budget. This is what um, we'd like to do for this amount of money. And I can say, um, no, or, <laughs> okay, we'll work it out. Um, but typically what I do is, um, I'll give three different options, bidding options. Here's a cheaper, you know, I know musicians, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. I know that there's not a whole lot of money in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I give a budget option and a medium option and a higher budget option. You know what I mean? Um, so in those, you know, with different options, you can do more as a filmmaker, um, get more in a crew, do wardrobe, uh, makeup, all that type of mm-hmm. stuff, better locations. Um, but give your clients options is, is something I've learned to do. Uh, if I just say it's this amount of money, I've had a lot of people just say, okay, never mind. Yeah. You know, so give them options. Yeah. So well, that's definitely a good, good point. I, I mean, you know, I think even internally in the church world, if you can give your departments or whoever options right, and, um, say, well, we can do this, but we'd have to rent this gear. We'd have right. to, you know, it'll cost this much or we can do, Absolutely. you know, d- do X, Y, or Z. Um, you know, I know you've also got experience working on film sets and, and things like that here in the state. Um, right. you know, that, that's a thing that for a lot of people might be a little bit foreign cause that's a different, different mm-hmm. world altogether. But what, if, what have you learned in, in being on those sets that you were able to take into your own storytelling and your own production process? Right. So, the biggest thing I learned, well, I'll say it this way, working on larger movies has demystified the whole process to me. How so? Well, you get a group of people together who um, don't have all their stuff together. <laughs> they're <laughs> really? just as, yeah, believe it or not, they're not all professional, you know, but there's a lot of professionals that know exactly what they're doing. But really what I've noticed is not everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Huh. So, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, There's just a bunch of messed up people trying to make something happen and it ends up working out. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, So it's, you know, my first movie I worked on, I was in the state of Oklahoma was, I was a locations manager. 
um, manager, which is like a one-man locations department, and I was way in over my head. Yeah. I had done scouting for some music videos, and that was it. And so I worked um, tirelessly. I was absolutely up all night long going, setting up cones and signs in the mornings, tearing them down at night and going to the next location, doing all that stuff, and getting the permits and everything. Okay. It was absolutely wild. Um, so, but there is a need, I'll say this, there's an absolute need right now. If you're in Oklahoma, there is a huge need for more workers in Oklahoma. Um, there are more and more movies coming into Oklahoma right Mm now. Uh, big names. Yeah. Um, and so if you're, if you desire to get into it, go to Oklahoma Film Commission site. Yeah. And put your name in. (laughs) Yeah. And cause it's kind of a, going back to the, a lot of people who they may not have it all together. Right. Like it's. It, it's a very much a learn as you go type Absolutely. of thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you'll notice some of the you know the older people on set kind of have more of a, an idea of what's going on. Um, but yeah, it is a learn learn as you go type situation. You know, I came from you know I was a youth music and media director mm-hmm. um, at the church I worked at, and uh, there was definitely a learning curve even in that too. Yeah. You know, because you know uh, you know the pastor will come to you and say, "Hey, this is what I'd like to like for you to make." And you'll say, okay, and you'll go back to your office and be like, I have no clue how to do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so go to YouTube, go study, go learn how to become better at what you do. Um, Don't ever just turn down something because you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Push yourself to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's in the same way even on larger film sets too. You know, if someone asks you to do something, you may not know how to do it. I mean, for the location manager thing. I was asked, I was scouted at first, and then they, the producer came to me, I think we're going to keep you on as location manager. And so I went home, I Googled what location manager does. <laughs> you and know what I mean? Just faked it till you yeah, made it. Yeah, faked it till I made it, and, I, and it happened, and it worked out. So well, that, That's awesome. When it comes to like the way you prepare for production, right. um, what were you able to take from working on some of those sets right. into your own preparation for uh, directing or, or just production in general? Right. It takes a long time. Um, that's one thing, especially when I, when I give a bid out, mm-hmm. you cannot forget. And this is for other people too. If you do a bid, do not forget about the time it takes to prep. You got to get the script written. Mm-hmm. You got to break the script down, figure out your wardrobe, figure out every little detail about this shoot and be ready to do it. A lot of times if you're a one man company or whatever, you're directing, you're producing, you're doing everything, you're editing, you're doing all of it. So you have to be extremely prepared. And that's one thing. I do admire these larger budget projects like big movies and stuff yeah. like that. They are so prepared. They got, you know, people to do everything. It's a team effort. Um, that's why it can be difficult to be a one man show, yeah. you know? Um, but that's when you just really have to rely on God and God give me the strength to do this because yeah. I, I can't do it on my own. But you know? I mean, I, I agree with that completely, but it goes back. You can't underestimate the prep, right? Like it, it, Right. Even on a what you would consider a simple shoot, or maybe like an interview, or, right? Um, you you have to put in the time, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. got to put in the time. You know, again, when I bid a project, you got to think about the amount of time it's going to take to get ready for this this thing. Yeah. So yeah, don't underestimate. How do time. you how do you sell that to a client? How do I sell it to a client? Because I think it would be the same as how do you sell it to a pastor or a department right. head? You know the the we can do that, but I need this much. I need a runway. Right. Like how how what are some ways that you've learned to maybe be able to sell that? Yeah, you just gotta explain to them the extent of what they're asking. So if so I've had times where, you know, a client comes to me and said, I wanna do this, this, and this. 
And I respond with, okay, that's going to take a lot of time yeah. to get ready. You know, if it's a special location that needs special access or whatever, um, or if it's a certain kind of camera or a certain movement, there's one in particular um, coming up that um, there's a lot of moving parts behind the actor. Mm-hmm. Like everything's going quickly, but the actor's staying still, which is wild. You got to think about, you know, frame rate, your shutter, you got to think about all kinds of stuff. And then how are you going to move? Um, that takes a lot of prep time to know exactly what you're going to do. And so you just had to re, kind of reiterate what they just said and explain to them why it would take the, uh, you know, a long time to yeah. figure out. Okay. okay. So. Good. Uh, you know, I, I was reading a little bit on, on your website and how big is your production company? Like how many employees we have? So I have guys that I contract all the time. Okay. So if we have, so I'm the main guy, we were a two, two man, uh, company, I'm the main guy, but I contract all the time. So my employees are contract laborers. Okay. So any film that I have, editors, if it depends on the project. So I may have a large budget uh, project where I have three editors working on it, including myself, um, or not including myself. Um, And then I may have other smaller projects where I'm editing and Mm -hmm. I just hire the guys day day play and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, on your website, you you kind of had a bio, and you talk about a time when you went to Uganda mm-hmm. and how that that kind of changed the way you saw uh, right. filmmaking. Yeah, um, can you can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So Uganda was interesting. I was working on I I spent seven months in Houston um, working on a TV show, as a Christian te- uh, television show about a crazy event that happened in South Sudan, and these 150 orphans moved to Uganda. Um, through a bunch of trials and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I spent seven months editing, but we got to spend about 10 days in Uganda filming. And uh, man, that opened my eyes. That was uh, definitely an experience that I will remember forever. Um, to see these orphans just as happy as can be, relying on God for their their next meal. Mm-hmm. Um, walking on, I mean, I would walk on the, the dirt and feel the heat through my shoes. I'm watching these kids walk barefoot to go get their water at the well, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's very eye opening as far as like culture and all that type of stuff. And it encouraged me, it encouraged me to, um, do more traveling. So I did, I, I went to another country after that. Um, and then I've got another, some more plans for this year mm-hmm. uh, for some documentary projects and stuff. Um, but it definitely gives you some perspective on how good you have it here in America. Yeah. <laughs> You know, well, yeah, I, I understand that can definitely change your perspective. I'm I'm a proponent of anybody going to right. another place of the world just to see uh, how other people see it and how other right. people live. Um, do you do you feel like that impacted the way you tell stories at all? Absolutely. Um, one thing I did learn from my time in Houston and time in Uganda was to take care of the story. The story is extremely important. You know, you can have the best camera angles of all time. You can have amazing audio. Um, but if you don't have a good story, you don't have anything. You know, I've seen amazing documentaries with some crappy video, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of times, especially, you know, newbies getting into filmmaking think that they have to have the best cameras. They have to have the best everything. But really what you need to do is learn how to tell a story. Learn how to tell a good story. Yeah. Um, and that's what will um, affect people emotionally. You know, the goal, especially as Christian filmmakers, is to, to lead people to Christ. Um, and obviously, yes, you have to be excellent in everything that you do. So everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. So uh, your camera angles need to be the best you can, you know, 
need to be angled the best they can be. Mm-hmm. The audio needs to sound the best. You know, and there'll be times where, oh, darn, you get into the editing room and I could have done better. Mm-hmm. But you learn from it. Um, but you have to have good story. You have to have good content. Or your your video, whatever you're doing, will not make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it will not impact people the way it should. Yeah. So, How do you, what are some ways that you found to pull the stories out? Yeah. People. Like if you're doing interviews or if you're working on like a documentary or something, ask important questions. How, so let's just say, example? let's just say, um, let me give you a real example. Let me think for a second. So yeah, some, some guy I'm interviewing, I lost my brother, you know, and that really was a trying time for me. Um, for you and your brother close, how, how, what was your relationship like with your brother? And that gets them thinking about their experiences. Mm-hmm. Ask why, how type questions. Um, how has it changed you? How did it affect you? Type things like that. Um, these are emotional questions, um, triggering emotional responses. Yeah. Um, so you have to know the right question. And also, like going back to research, do your research in an interview. Um, know it. Sometimes even have a pre-interview with somebody. Take your iPhone and go to a coffee shop with this person and ask them questions. Um, tell me about, tell me this story and you're ready. You already know what's going to come. Um, and when you do the legit interview, you have all the questions lined up that would push them in the right direction, um, to get that emotional response. Cause really, it's not really just about, Oh, I want them to cry on camera or whatever yeah. like that. You know, it's about, um, finding that emotion of what, when they actually experience this event, you know what I mean? It's about recollect and when they remember that moment, um, and that's extremely important for a filmmaker to kind of get out of your interviewing. So that's good. That, yeah. That's super good. And, and uh, it's applicable in, in almost anything. Absolutely. You know, just, just conversations. Right. Um, a couple more questions. And, uh, one of them is how can people who work primarily in the church, what are some ways that they may find to grow in, in their techniques? Yeah. Okay. So this is a little bit controversial. Uh-oh. But um, maybe not watch so many Christian films. <laughs> That's not controversial at all. <laughs> so, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially in the Christian realm, okay, you got to watch all these Christian movies and all this stuff. But for the past 2,000 years, Christians um, have been champions of the arts, mm-hmm. except in the past 100 years. So what happened? <laughs> what happened? We've decided that Christianity should not necessarily affect um, what we do, and it's all just right here, mm-hmm. you know, in your heart. Um, but Christianity should affect every part of you. It should affect how you act, um, your talent, your goals in life. And so, um, unfortunately, my encouragement would be to watch the masters. Go watch some legit films. Um, although secular or whatever, yeah. watch how they do it. Why are they so popular? And figure out how to make it better. Um, and then make a f- Christian film that's better than the secular films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm my goal in life is just like every other Christian filmmakers is to make good Christian films, right? Yeah, Christian films that aren't crappy. You know, and it's hard to, it's you know, it's tough, but you know a Christian film when you see a Christian yeah, film. Yeah. You know the look. You know a Hallmark film when you see a Hallmark film. 
you know, I saw a, an interview, uh, you can cut this out if you want, but there's a YouTube video comparing Hallmark video. Is it a Hallmark video or is it a Christian video? <laughs> I'm like, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have to do that. You know, um, you should look at a Christian film and say, this is excellent. This is absolutely amazing. And there are some, there are some out there. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see a time when Christian filmmakers are just making some awesome, awesome movies, awesome short films, um, just standing above all the rest mm-hmm. and setting the standard for films Yeah, rather than the secular world setting the yeah. standard. So, Well, that, that's good. Um, and boy, we could go down a rabbit hole on, <laughs> on Christian films. Uh, kind of one thing I, uh, I'll put you on the spot because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of it right in the moment, but... You, you talk about earlier you talk about storytelling telling good stories right you know we we talk a lot in the church world about this is the greatest story ever mm-hmm. told right. like this is the greatest story and like I mean if you're if you're really a Christian then you believe it like you know it right. why 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 do we have such a hard time being able to tell that story but it not come across as a Christian Christian film you know right gosh that's a tough question. I don't know why we have trouble telling that story. Um, you know, it's one of those situations where, I mean, obviously, everything you do in a Christian film needs a point build of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I'll give you an example. You don't want to do it like so cliche and so cheesy like you see in a lot of the films. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, whenever a professor, I mean, it's a great movie. When a professor has this death conversion and there's a Christian concert right after, no one's going to believe that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So don't be cliche and don't use Christianese. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we live in a culture where we can't even communicate with the culture mm-hmm. as Christians. You know, anytime someone starts using this Christianese talk with me, I'm just like, bro, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to know your, your, your doctrine, your scriptures and all that stuff, obviously. But it's almost like going into a different country. Yeah. You know, you need to know the culture. You need to know how to talk to them. The same way visually. You need to know how to communicate with them. If you have a, a Christian film that looks like a Christian film, you're not gonna, no, they're not going to click on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So be visually appealing. Tell a good story. Um, don't shove it in people's faces. Um, but just do everything you do with excellence. I think that's my encouragement. Well, that's good. Um, Do you have any uh, personal projects that you're working on that you've got in the pipeline? Yeah, I've got, see, a lot of passion projects. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hard part. You know, I got to pay the bills. I got to feed my daughters and my wife and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I have a lot of passion projects. One, um, I've got some short films, but one thing in in particular been uh, really has been on my heart um, has been the issue of abortion. I know that's a huge topic, mm-hmm. um, but it's something, you know, abortion, clearly, if you read the scripture, you know your Bible, God hates murder. God hates abortion. Um, and that's been on my heart lately, especially with all the, the legislations being passed. Mm-hmm. New York, I mean, oh my gosh, where babies could be, you know, aborted a day before they're born. That's just absolutely wild. So projects like that, um, and the ultimate goal is to lead people to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but to show people that these children are made in the image of God and are not to be 
murdered. Yeah. You know, that is the law of God. Do not murder. And it clearly is. Um, that's been on my heart lately. It's definitely a passion project, and you can take that out if you need to. But um, that is definitely something that's important to me. Um, another thing is I've been working with an organization called the Christ Center Churches. Um, they do all kinds of stuff. They talk about doctrine and worldview um, and just everything a Christian needs to know. Um, and they even talk about the, the issue of abortion right now. There's a, uh, a bill in Oklahoma that would um, end abortion totally. And uh, the fight for that is is hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that as Christians we all need to be fighting for, um, because it's not just you know our our faith should not just be internal; it needs to be external. Yeah. Whenever you know there's an injustice of some kind, you need to step out in faith and fight it. Um, so so things like that. There's all kinds of ways that Christians can involved uh, can get involved, especially with, with your talent. Um, you know, in the church. Um, there are so many ways that churches can use um, media. Um, telling stories, conversion stories, are so powerful for someone in the same situation. You know, I was a drug addict or whatever you may have. So there's a lot of stories like mm-hmm. that. But telling those stories that can impact people that are in the same situations are extremely important. Um, even just promotional content for your church is huge. And I've, been try- I've tried to do that ever so often. As, you know, I'm not a full-time yeah. minister anymore. Um, I do lead worship ever so often, but, um, but help your church out. Even if you're not like hired, if there's a way that you can use your gifts for the glory of God, by all means do it, you know? So go talk to your pastor, go talk to, uh, whoever and say, Hey, I'd like to do some films, um, for this body and just see where it takes you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So. Um, well, just one last thing. First of all, we thank you for for taking time to to be with us. But um, what what words of encouragement would you have for any creatives out there in the local church? So one is we do live in a media driven culture. Um, so in order to affect culture nowadays, a media is vital. You have to have content. Um, I mean, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? You get on Instagram. You get on Facebook. You get on Twitter. So to affect a media-driven culture, you need Christians need to be engaging in the media. That's so important. Um, it's something that I don't think we really focus on enough. Um, so films, whether it's you know graphics or memes or whatever it is, audio, podcasts like this, be engaging in the culture. Um, encourage each other, build each other up. Um, the other one is... Yeah, the other, we already talked about it. The other one is... Um, learn, study the best. So go watch, you know, The Dark Knight. Go watch Interstellar. Go watch um, Ron Howard movies. Go learn from the best. Hitchcock. I mean, go learn, go watch movies that have changed the culture um, or have influenced people uh, greatly and figure out what they're doing and then do it better. You know, so that's my encouragement. Uh, The third one is keep at it even through, uh, you know, it reminds me of the the verse in James 1. Uh, Consider it joy when you face trials. And trust me, as a filmmaker, you will face trials. There will be difficult times, you know, where someone won't like your film and you'll be down in the dumps um, or you don't even like your film. <laughs> you put something together and like, man, I'm terrible. I suck at this, whatever. But keep pushing on. Keep learning. Keep developing that talent. And uh, God will use you for his glory. Um, that's the big, the biggest thing. I think it's it's a sin almost even to not use the talent that God has given you. 
you know. So use what God has given you uh, for his glory. thank Reagan again for stopping by and joining the show and uh, if you're in need of any uh, commercial work or anything like that check out Intelligo Media Uh, they do a wonderful wonderful job well everybody as we wrap up uh, there was one piece of news I think that came out this week to tie tie in our talks of Joe Exotic last week and that is the Hollywood Reporter has reported that uh, a podcast about Joe Exotic has been optioned for TV with Kate McKinnon to produce and also star as Carol Baskin. What do you guys think of that? I like it. As long as it portrays her as the monster <laughs> that she is. The monster that she is. So you have a yeah. firm opinion on Carol. Oh, dude, she's, yeah. She's guilty. She's psycho. She definitely um, killed her husband. 100% killed her husband and probably more people. We were talking off air. Uh, so Kate McKinnon to be Carol. Who would you guys put as Joe and Jeff Lowe and some of these other major, major characters? I'd say Johnny Depp as Joe Exotic for Johnny, sure. Just because he can kind of morph into to other characters. Yeah, and be weird and out there, and it feel natural, not like he's trying to be weird and out I don't there. Know. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Well, I don't know if y'all saw the Twitter beef between Dax Shepard and Edward Norton about they were arguing on who should which one of them should play <laughs> Joe Exotic. <laughs> Edward Norton, really? Dax Shepard yeah, would be good. Off. I like him. Dax could be the guy with no legs. I don't know. He could play that guy pretty good. <laughs> I can't remember his name. And that 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 just opens up a whole other deal. That dude just got his legs removed because he was tired of standing yeah. on well, them. Well, because of the, the rehab from the zipline accident. Isn't that, And then that girl who lost her arm, she just was impatient, didn't want to have to go through the yeah. year of surgeries. So just cut Maybe, it off. Well, I mean. Dak Shepard would be Doc Antles. Ah. Ooh, Dak yeah. Shepard would he be could, a good Doc Antles. Sure. Give him a little ponytail and earring yeah. and a goatee. Have him gain a little bit of yeah. weight. He could be he could be that guy for sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. This would be fun. I I wonder who who else could could do it. So Johnny you got Dax, um, Edward Norton. That I couldn't even believe he would be interested in such a thing. But he's trying to get into yeah. something probably since he's well he spent nothing. the last ten years trying to make his movie. You know that Motherless Brooklyn, um, which was a good movie. Well, it you Never know it was like it. an indie movie came out last year. Um, but it was good. It was it was really good. But he like wrote, produced, directed the whole thing. Um, anyway, um, but okay. So who would play Jeff Lowell? I said, well, I originally said Michael Keaton yeah. as Joe Exotic, but I, I do agree he would be. Yeah, a good he could Jeff definitely Lowe. pull off the the weird, creepy, kind of funny, charismatic guy. Yeah, do rag yeah. the hat guy. What's the guy? He's a good bad guy. Um, he's only a bad guy in everything. His name might be Michael. Oh, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that his? What's he name? a bad guy in everything? 
he's a bad guy in Man of Steel, <laughs> <laughs> and then every and, and everything, and everything else, else that he's else. in. Uh, he's in Knives Out. He plays the son, I think, in Knives Out. Yeah. Oh, really? I um, seen it yet. Darn it. I, he doesn't have the quite the same mannerisms as Jeff Lowe, but he's just a really he, good. He bad is a really good bad guy. Um, Boardwalk yeah. Empire. Yeah. Uh, Steve Buscemi bringing up Boardwalk Empire. He would be great in any role oh. in this show. He could definitely play the Oklahoma white exactly. trash. Exactly. So. Oh, good. Ooh. Uh, whoa. <laughs> it's a, it's sorry, sorry, Winnie <laughs> You're Wood. The one who said you would never visit Winnie Wood ever. <laughs> that is true. I I stand by that. So. I'm not sorry. Your city is trash. <laughs> whoa. God. Wow. <laughs> No, we don't. He doesn't mean that. All, all love here, Winnie Wood. That's true. Sure. That's probably where what, our two hundred listeners was, are from. Kyler, Kyler just transformed into her native tongue. <laughs> she, he don't mean that, Winnie Wood. <laughs> oh man, this is uh, this quarantine has not been good for this podcast. <laughs> I, I literally drove about? to Piedmont the other day just to drive to Piedmont. Piedmont. Do you know nothing. what's in Piedmont? Absolutely Wait, nothing. You drove. Don't they have a hardware store Hold slash on, CBD you drove shop? From Fairfax to Piedmont. <laughs> no, okay. from Are the you, city. So you're back from in my the city now. To Piedmont, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's where my okay. flower. I don't even know. Are. I don't even know where Fairfax is. Uh, so. This is too. This my parents would consider my flower girls liberal art or something, and I wouldn't. So that's why you had to move back to the city. I have something like that. (laughs) If it's not, if it's not a bedazzled cross, it doesn't go on the wall. Hey, that is very liberal arty. Wow. Can you take a picture of that so we can post it? Uh, No. Will you take a picture and post so we can post that so people can know what we were just looking at? It. Oh, you want me to take a picture? This. Are you really, can you, are, do you want to sell it? I will buy it. No, my Meemaw made this. Is your Meemaw making okay, more? Okay, I got, I got it. But, well, <laughs> if she makes more, then I will sell those because she is dead. And that would be <laughs> I knew it. made by, a, that would be I'm made so by sorry. a ghost. Um, By maid, I mean, she painted wow. it. That is it. That is impressive. We we have a photo of it. We'll post it on the the page that that uh, this podcast is housed on, so you can go view it if you're interested. Otherwise, you're just gonna have no idea what we're talking about. But um, before, did you want to take a picture of my 24 karat gold? Oh wow, too? that's impressive. I don't. I'm not gonna take a picture of that actually. Big Thunder that? Gold Mine. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. I've had this since I was like five. <laughs> you really? I think I think, I think Kyle's so. a hoarder. I really I do. Think so. A hoarder, or maybe just a collector. I don't, hoarders what? keep hoarders keep crap oh. and like newspapers and boxes. That's All my true. stuff is valuable. That's true. That that uh, dual tape deck. You see these books? <laughs> you see these books? New self-interpreting Bible library. Wow. This one's volume three, Isaiah to Malachi. So, who's a hoarder now? You're just a hoarder of the word. Still you. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, look. Webster's New the World. Is, you know how often this... The source. You know how often this thing comes in handy? The source. Often. Often. Yeah. That's why you keep it right there under your photo of Nick Cage. Probably as much as Google. And oh, don't forget all my cameras. Oh, Wow. Oh, there are no. a lot of cameras. Is any of that stuff Libby's or is it just yours? 
Uh, no comment. <laughs> well, uh, mm. you know, since you're, you've got so much stuff in there, Kyle, will you do us a favor and just take a quick, like, 10, 15-second video of your your recording studio garage? And, uh, and then we'll post it yeah. again, and we'll send it out on social media, because I really think people need to, to see it in its glory. Yeah. yeah, I'm proud of it. I set yeah. this up yesterday. Well, I built we'll that send whole us a shelf. video and we'll get it get it shipped out. But hey, uh, before we get out of here, we need to uh, take care of a couple things. And one is we are doing a giveaway. In uh, episode uh, 101, Chrissy Nordhoff joined us and talked about her new book, Writing Worship. And uh, they, the, the David C. Cook, the publisher, sent us a few copies of the book, and uh, we want to give them away to a lucky listener. And so we've got two ways for you to win this week. And the first way is simply go to the Apple Podcasts, go to the Create Initiative page, and leave a review and a rating. And if you'll leave a review and a rating, we're going to select one lucky person who leaves one between this episode and before the next episode drops on Monday. Uh, if you'll leave a review and rating, you can have a chance to win a copy of Writing Worship by Chrissy Nordhoff. And Kyler, what is the other way they can win a book this week? The other way you can win a book this week is we are having a graphic Create whatever a graphic contest. You can clip no. that part out. Can I redo that? Rip. <laughs> um. Yeah, graphic contest. Um. Uh, it'll go out on social media Tuesday. Um. The theme is he's risen. So make a graphic, submit it by Saturday, and the winner will receive a free book slash create initiative merch bundle. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> Um, and Kyle may throw something in from his shelf back there too to a lucky winner. Yeah, I'm definitely Kyle will not. Antiques. Yeah, I don't know if Kyle's <laughs> getting rid of anything. So, uh, but guys, uh, this has been fun. This has been a blast. Our uh, another episode of the Creating Initiative podcast in quarantine uh, has happened. Hope you guys stay safe. I can hear okay, it. What yeah. is that? It's my pocket operator. It's a beat machine. It's a beat machine. machine. Wow. Right wow. from your pocket. Well, <laughs> hope you guys stay safe and uh, hope you as a listener stay safe as uh, we embark on this. Make sure you do your part to flatten the curve. Uh, you don't need to drive to Piedmont for no reason and uh, things like that. Yeah, but- Kyler, that's fattening the curve. <laughs> no, I was in my car the whole time. Well, at least... At least you did that. Well, not See, the whole time. Is. Well, I, I was, I, my, some of my old pastors live in Piedmont and they don't have a Sonic super close and the, his wife is pregnant. So we took the mozzarella sticks and tater tots and threw it on their porch. Well, that's very away. kind of you. You did not actually touch anyone. Okay. That's yep. good. That's good. Well, yeah. we hope you stay safe. Listener, don't forget, leave a rating and review for a chance to win a book and join our Instagram design contest that will be going on this week and uh, we'll be back next Monday with a new episode and uh, stay tuned on social media for a video of Kyle's wonderful garage as he's snapping photos <laughs> um, and winding the film that yeah, there's is awesome. film in there well for Kyle Lee that and his cool. garage and Mr. Nick Cage and for Kyler Clapp and her flower girls I'm Jason Evans and we Ooh. will see you next week <laughs>